Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Crowder Leadership Podcast, again, where we learn the small changes we can make in our lives that can make a massive difference in our lives and the lives of those that we serve in leadership. With me today is my friend, Joel Bumberger. Welcome, Joel. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, you've been involved in all kinds of leadership, and, and uh, we want to talk about that. But right before we came live here, <laughs> we learned something we didn't know before. Mike grew up on a road called Crider Road, yep. which was my father. His name was Howard Crider. And you grew up on the same road. Literally next door neighbors. And never knew it till right now, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. right. Now, so we, crazy. we really weren't neighbors because I left there about 30 or 40 years before you, maybe you were there. Totally. But <laughs> your place where you grew up with your dad, your family, and where I grew up with my dad, my family, my dad and mom was right next. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yep. The Kreider Mum Farm. I always knew it and I never made the connection. Larry Kreider yeah. is the Kreider Mum Farm. That is just <laughs> so crazy. Your grandpa had a profound influence in my life and you, I don't think you know this. I did. But, I mean, I grew up, we went to Sunday morning church basically and I... You know, I made a commitment to Christ uh, when I was 11, the first commitment to Christ. But wow. Jesus became Lord when I was 18, then changed everything. Yep. But when I was really young, I mean, I knew basically nothing about the Bible. Nothing. Yeah. And your grandpa, I think it was Claire Bomberger, yep. had a big old station wagon, took the whole family, and picked me up and went to Bible school at a Mennonite church. No way. Serious. Wow. I memorized my first scripture in that Bible school. It was Luke 6, 31. You know, as you would have others do unto you, do unto them likewise. And it was your grandpa. That is incredible. Yeah, so so <laughs> wow. your father, father's father, had yeah. this tr a tremendous influence on my life way back when I was probably five, Man. six, seven years. You just never know how you influence people. Yeah. Praise and, God. That's yeah. incredible. Now, talk about you. And you've been, and we're going to go back and t talk about the early days and things you learned, but talk about some of the areas of leadership you've experienced. At your ripe age of, how old are you? Uh, 29. 29, all right, and holding, right? Okay. Yeah. So talk about, I know, you, I know you've been doing the YWAM thing, I think you've done circuit rides and all kinds of things. Just yep. yeah, give us a little snapshot of some of the things that you've done in leadership, where you had to learn leadership, and then we'll talk about details. Yep. Yeah, so ever since, you know, I kind of came to the Lord, 17, and then I've been involved in YWAM since... 2013. Really? Okay. Of, yep. So you and where were you in YWAM? So I started out in Harrisburg. Okay. So there's the Harrisburg YWAM base, uh, and we would do we would ride circuits okay. up to the Ivy League universities all through the Northeast and sure. the colleges, as well as leading some high school initiatives back here in Lancaster. Okay. During that time, we did the Lancaster Circuit Rider School in 2013, 2014. Um, so I was heavily involved in kind of mobilization with that. And then in 2015, uh, my wife and I moved out to Huntington Beach, California. Okay. And out there, the circuit rider uh, community kind of created a national office where we would then do national carry the love tours to yes, universities. Yeah. Amy and I helped kind of pioneer the high school arm of that. Okay. At the time, they were primarily doing just universities, mm -hmm. just colleges. 
And me, uh, my wife, and Jake and Kathy Mason were out there, and we were like, we can kind of package this for high schools and sure. middle schools as well. So we did that for several years, and then God took us on a very interesting journey where, you know, I, I burned for revival. I am clearly yeah. uh, called to preach, to share the gospel, um, and I know that's not confined always to a ministry context, right. but right. I do know that that is also a part of our calling sure. in the ministry world. Sure. And late in 2017, right after we had our first kid, uh, the Lord made it very clear to actually move to Minnesota with a friend, and we actually jumped into the business world for a little bit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay. we uh, went out there and helped start a creative agency. So for about two and a half years in Minneapolis, we worked on this creative agency called Honest Media and basically helping market, brand, uh, even graphic design, videos, wow. all that stuff, primarily for nonprofits sure. and kind of the Christian world, but also, you know, any other businesses. So you so, have experience in the business world and leadership yep. there and also obviously in the Christian world, in right. the ministry world, so to speak. Yep. They're both Christian, obviously. Yes. Yep. So that that was interesting. I learned so much being in that world. And and at the time I would still travel and speak and, you know, sure. go to youth camps. But it was my primary focus was kind of that business. Interesting. Um, and then right before COVID, at the end of 2019, uh, we moved back to Huntington Beach with Circuit Riders. Uh, we're starting some initiatives there. Obviously, a lot got stalled because of COVID. Right. And then since then, have also been a part of the SEND, which is an initiative right. of YWAM, of Circuit Riders. There's a lot of different ministries that are involved there. So we lived in Kansas City for eight months, had our third child in Kansas City while helping mobilize for the Send Kansas City, which is a stadium gathering. That was powerful. Yeah, we had Andy Bird on here talking about that. That's uh, right. As a yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah Andy yeah. was in town. Um, so yeah, we've we've kind of been involved with all of it, you know. Right. YWAM, Circuit Riders, which Circuit Riders really specializes on training, uh, really reaching high schools, universities, with an evangelistic thrust. Okay. You know, YWAM is often seen as more of, you know, 1040 window or the nations. And Circuit Riders is really the arm of YWAM that is is geared towards the young generation, yes. Gen Z, yeah. specifically America and Europe in that kind of the postmodern world, the academic young people. Okay. So now you mentioned Gen Z. What do you see different in Gen Z than you see in other generations? <laughs> um, or is that a loaded question? That is a loaded question. I mean, you can go so many different ways. They're really passionate yes. about causes. Agreed. And I think it's phenomenal. I, I recently heard this statistic. Um, I don't exactly know the exact numbers, but that Gen Z, it's like 50% of Gen Z are more likely to share their faith then millennials, wow. you know, I think it's somewhere like five to twenty percent of Christians right. are actually professing Christians are actually sharing their faith. Mm -hmm. But the Gen Z, it's like fifty plus percent wow. are willing to share their faith because they believe in the cause. You know, it, yep. it's they're much more um, eager in sure. that way. So sure. I think that's incredible. That I, is incredible. I, I do believe that Gen Z has something very significant in the heart of God for an explosion of the gospel 
in virality. And I mean, we'll, we will get into that more in this one or the next one, but we're right. seeing that online yeah. specifically with the tools right. that Gen Z has. Yeah. Um, the gospel is really going viral. <laughs> that is just amazing. So yeah. then what after that then, what happened next? You talk about the high school ministries and all the stuff you're doing there. Yep. And then I knew you eventually moved back here. Yes. I mean, I'm, we're in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously I grew up here in Lancaster and... Um, during COVID, while I was out in Huntington Beach, um, a lot of my TikTok, Instagram, and online ministry kind of took off. And we began to see tons of fruit with that. And at the same time, we're seeing God really move here in Lancaster. I was coming back regularly, maybe at least four times a year, quarterly, okay. and leading gatherings among the youth and seeing just such hunger. So at the time, the Lord began to speak to me about revival here in Lancaster, mm. about the youth gathering here, salvations happening here. Yeah. So, you know, we approached Circuit Rider leadership and talked about what would it look like for us to come out here and lead some youth gatherings. Sure. Um, and then the rest is just following the word of the Lord. He told us to come back. We've been here for about a year. And since then, our primary goal was just to gather youth and to catalyze uh, young people into their missional calling here in Lancaster. Right, right. And I believe we saw a partial fulfillment of kind of that assignment throughout this past summer with the Jesus rallies, but I believe that there's going to be more as well. Agreed. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just believe there's something special in God's heart for Lancaster, and I think that there's, I've noticed kind of a special grace on my life here because of the relationships and, right. you know, the history my parents, even right. the stuff that you're talking about, yeah, right. my, my grand, my grandpa, and yeah. the the generational, you know, yeah. history that's here. Uh, that I I believe my role here as kind of an evangelist and a revivalist is to stir that up among the youth. Yeah, um, and I'll stay here as long as the Lord tells me to continue to deposit what I have. Beautiful, and then Beautiful. move on when He says to move on. Yeah, now talk a little bit about the Jesus rally, the whole area of TikTok and social media, and, and all the open doors you have. We're going to do a whole podcast just on that. Great. Okay. Yep. But let's talk a bit more about what happened at the Jesus rally. How did that happen? Yep. Yeah. So I'll start by um, I'll back it up from the very inception. Okay. Before we moved here, is during COVID. Um, we were seeing, you know, different churches were shut down. Youth groups looked different. Right. Um, we began to see youth, high schoolers specifically, gather in backyards. Okay. They were like, hey, we're not gathering youth group as much. So they're like, let's just gather in our backyard. Sure. Meet up and worship, you know, share testimony, something right. like that. And I began to, I was talking with some of these seniors and they were seeing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 kids start to gather in backyards every Wednesday night. And they were noticing that some of their, you know, football buddies or other sports friends who wouldn't set foot in a church were starting to come to their backyards. Mm, mm. And I was like, you know, that this is That's great. It. So I, I, yep. I was encouraging them, keep going. And then at the end of one of our youth camps we did here, um, called Infusion Youth Camp, it was sure. a circuit rider school. I, I talked to some of these student leaders and I said, hey, what if you take all of these students that are gathering, you know, there's 50 to 60 that were probably gathering. And I was like, what if we just gather on a field at the end of this youth camp and you just get the word out and we'll see how many students come. And they're like, this is a great idea. I was like, and we'll just preach the gospel. Sure. So Saturday night, the end of this youth camp, we gather in a random farm field, uh, set up just a small little tent with a stage 
And there was over 200 kids that just showed up. Wow. And there was, at the end of that night, I think 35 uh, committed salvations, uh, mm-hmm. decisions to the Lord. And we were blown away just to see people who were like, I don't really know why I'm here. Just yeah. I saw a snap story or I saw yeah, something, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then what was remarkable is 50 students lined up at the creek afterwards at 10 p.m. and got baptized. Beautiful. So immediate salvation, immediate baptism. That was the inception where I saw that and was like, God is doing something. Yeah. Uh, so I just looked at this, the seniors and was like, you need to do this again because yep. I think there's more people that would want this. So in two weeks, I flew back out. We gathered on the same field. Really? And over 500 kids showed up. And again, there was probably 20, 25 salvations. And that's a whole nother story. But in the middle of my speaking, a storm rolled in and it was downpouring. I mean, torrential downpour. There was thunder and lightning in the middle of my message. We didn't even have a tent to cover the people. So these students are getting completely soaked, but nobody moved a muscle. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I stop the message? Should I keep going? But everybody was like, keep going. And then in the middle of the rain and the storm, there was over 20 people who stood up in front of their peers to say, I want to give my life to Beautiful. Jesus. Beautiful. So this, it's the hunger that I'm kind of highlighting. Again, there was 50 plus baptisms in the creek that night. I mean, stories of just of radical transformation. One kid had got, had just been out of a mental hospital, had been dealing with suicidal thoughts, homosexual thoughts. and. Yeah. Uh, he said that that night he felt something come over him. Even as the rain came down, he said he felt this presence come over him and his mind became free as he gave his life to the Lord. Wow. So that was the inception. And uh, that was what the when the Lord began to speak, you need to invest something in Lancaster. There's, there's something in the youth. There's revival coming. So... Fast forward a year now, obviously later. Obviously, you couldn't do this all yourself because you had you somehow had the grace from God yep. to, to involve other people and bring them into into the yep. deal. And this is a leadership podcast, so we want to see what are the leadership principles that you've learned there. Right. And so, I mean, basically, you you were the front person, yep. but you had this. You developed the whole team to do this thing together. Is that right? Right. Yep. Okay. So it was really, I mean, effort at community church was a big part of it. But here's what I will say is it was the youth pastors of the region okay. that were all bought in. I mean, there was Josh Good, who's yeah. a part of Dove, right. um, Oliver Denlinger, yeah. and uh, Chris Weber, mm-hmm. uh, even Jordan Weaver from Hinkletown Mennonite. Sure. There was, And what had been happening is there was these youth pastors that were gathering uh, weekly on a Tuesday to pray for revival. And that, I think, is the leadership point in that, is that there was uh, a shared heart. Yes, and a desire to come together outside of even their own ministries. So good. Um, and that has now been going on for over two years. Every Tuesday, youth pastors mm-hmm. from across the region are gathering and praying for revival. Beautiful. And it's real. that provides the framework for some of these large regional gatherings mm-hmm. to take place because everybody knows their heart is knit together on that. Um, and that there's not a competition. Right, there's not like right. a. It's like, hey, we we trust each other. We know each other because we've been praying together yeah. <laughs> for years. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And that happens in every revival. And as, as you know, we, you know, yeah. I talk about this. Forty years ago, we saw some of the same. It was different. Yep. Some of the same kind of thing happening. You know, people weren't quite young. People weren't quite sure about going to local churches, but they would come to this Bible study thing called Rhema that we had. Yeah. You know, and hundreds and hundreds of young people getting saved and baptized in spirit, baptized in water, the whole deal. And then twenty years ago, the whole TBS Tuesday Bible study thing really. Yep. Former YWAMers in this area, up yeah. to thirteen hundred young people every week coming together, Man. just changing lives. And so now here we are, twenty years later, and we see this happening. I believe in a great, even a greater way than we've seen right. in the past. So I know in the past, it was always the same thing you're talking about. It was this shared heart for revival. It was no superstars. Right? Is you know we're in this thing together. Whoever God's going to use, that's fine. And I think it's amazing the way you have stewarded that, and you and the others, the yeah. passionate have stewarded this thing together. And you guys have really honored leadership in the yeah. region by doing that. I know some of the pastors in the Dev family told me uh, you invited them in, you know, yep. to say, okay, how, we want to do this in a way that honors the Lord, honors yep. what God's doing already, honors the local church. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, so that, I mean, that is our heart is uh, to honor what God has done in the past and yep. the leaders in the region. Yep. And I've seen, I think, too many evangelists and those with catalytic, even anointings, right. who don't honor the leadership that's already there in the older generation. And I think that there's a disconnect that happens then, and you miss out on a lot of the fruit and a yeah. lot of the sustainability right. and the kingdom building that God wants to do. Right. But I would give also credit to yourself and the leaders in this region who are very releasing. Because mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times in the older generation, I've seen some of those leaders who try to clamp down right. on the young leaders. And I have been completely humbled and blown away at the leaders in this region who have just been like, hey, we don't need to speak. Like They'll, they'll speak into it, but we don't need to right. form it. You just run with it, right. and we'll actually just get behind it. Right. You know, and, and they have been praying in the morning for it. You know, they come yeah. to the tents that Jesus rallies beforehand, clearing the way in the spirit. Yeah. You know, they're there attending every time without ever even wanting to get up and speak because they're just releasing. Mm. And I think that's incredible uh, for you and those other leaders who have just been honoring to what God is doing in the younger generation, not controlling it. Right. But, and I've, I've just been like, hey, speaking to it as much as possible, sure. you know, trying to bring in the other leaders, and they have. Um, so I you, think that's You important. may or may not know this, Joel, <laughs> but 40 years ago, the Mennonites church in, in this area didn't know what to do with us. Right. Because we were starting this new church, and they didn't know what to do with us. And they brought in a, a Mennonite Bishop, I think his name is Daniel Yutzi from out in the Midwest. Yeah, former Amish and filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, "What do we do with these guys?" I never forget. I sat in this meeting with all these Mennonite bishops. I mean, I was scared of spitless, you yeah. know. And I was just this young guy, you know, my <laughs> late twenties, you know, early thirties, and your age basically. And they said, what, what do we do? What do you recommend we do with these young guys? Myself and a couple other guys were starting this new church and yeah. coming out of this youth revival. And he said to them, he said, "Release them and let them go." Wow. Release them and let them go. <laughs> Come on. And we learn from that. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing in every generation coming. Yeah. But that's not the way it's often been in the past. In right. fact, historically, when there's a move of God, the leaders of that move of God, 20, 30, 40 years later, would often persecute the next move of God. Right. 
you know, uh, yeah. and Martin Luther persecuted, you know, men of Simons and the Mennonites and right. on, on and on. Right. And so we've got to do that. So I appreciate your affirmation on that. But we learned that from others. Yeah. <laughs> Just to let you know that nothing new under the sun. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm taking mental note right now. I'm like, okay, in 30 years, there's going to be another that's young right, guy that comes up. Right. I've got to release him. <laughs> do it differently than you would do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, man. So that's awesome. Well, then talk about how the actual Jesus rallies happened here then. Yeah, because I, I was as amazed as I could be at it. It was amazing. Yep. I sat in the back, prayed in the spirit, and loved what God was doing. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I mean, we had seen these types of gatherings taking place, and then um, it would have been early this year, uh, in early January, February, March, and there was an increased sense of urgency happening, and I just I got to the elders at Ephraim Community Church, and just basically pitched to them, we should do something. You know, we're all praying for revival. Yep. We're all praying for, we all know God's doing something in the youth. So let's do something. Why don't we just do 10 weeks where we gather in a tent sure. and just call the churches together? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, what is the worst that could happen? At the end of 10 weeks, we all worshiped together, probably saw some people saved, saw some people healed. You know, it would be great. And they're right. like, let's do it. So they were on board. And I just said, hey, I, I want this to be a multi-church thing. Right. Um, so I approached Dove Elders. Right. Um, they were all completely on board. Right. And we had multiple churches. YWAM Lancaster mm-hmm. has really been the ones who have facilitated the yeah, whole thing. Behind the scenes. Their team amazing. put together the tent. You know, they worked tirelessly uh, setting all the logistics up for yeah. it. So we just... Without really knowing what God was going to do, we're just like, let's just gather in a tent. I don't know how many people are going to come. Let's just do it for 10 weeks. Um, so we started the June, and I, I would say there was probably about 800 people there the yeah. first night. And then every week, it just continued to build. Um, we gathered every week. And then at the end, we gathered uh, every night from Sunday to Saturday. So we went from weekly to nightly. And... Uh, during that time as well, we had daily training for the youth and outreach during the day. So by the end of it, I mean, there was probably close to 1,200 people. We had to add an extension to the tent, um, and there was people driving from hours away to come get healed. Oh, I know people um, from hours away who drove in. Yeah. yeah. So it was really, I was blown away by what God did. And throughout the summer, I think we counted about 150 baptisms. Uh, which was incredible. Baptisms just that happened totally spontaneously. Yeah. People just coming up, I want to get baptized. And I believe there's more salvations in that because there was some that, that committed their lives to Jesus but maybe didn't get baptized that night. But there was at least 150 baptisms. Sure. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So what's next? <laughs> or don't you know what's next yet? <laughs> We're going to be doing a New Year's Eve Jesus oh, rally. Oh, cool. Yep. So our goal would be three nights back-to-back um, and then again, training during the day and then worship Beautiful. into the night, into New Year's Eve. Great idea. So that is, that is the plan. Um, we had, you know, thought about doing more monthly stuff and there might be into the new year, something that looks like maybe a monthly rhythm of Jesus rallies, maybe a monthly three day weekend. Um, it seems like everybody unanimously was saying how incredible this was in that it didn't detract from their youth right. group. I think people are sometimes so aware of, you know, you're going to take people from my youth group or you're going right. to, you know, they're, they're, this is the next new thing. But no, unanimously, the youth pastors I talked to, the youth that I talked to, they said, no, this only adds to my youth group. Right, right. Because these kids are coming 
and are experiencing the Holy Spirit, are seeing other people, other youth on fire for the Lord, and then they're bringing it back to their youth group. Mm-hmm. They're actually able to carry the culture back to their churches, sure. back to their youth group, back to their high schools. So I think that there's value in kind of having that. It's really the gift of the evangelist. Right. Where they're coming together, right. the prophet right. and evangelist, getting a download of God's heart, and then able to apply it right. in the discipleship settings and right. be able to apply it in the yeah. youth group settings. See, there's a major difference between what's happening today and what happened 40 years ago. And, and the major difference is 40 years ago when there were these Bible studies, young people, hundreds of young people, they were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. But see, most of the churches weren't teaching that and didn't even believe in that. Right. Today... Well, there's lots of churches. And in fact, a lot of churches yep. were birthed during that time. The worship center was birthed. Yep. You know, uh, Effort of Community Church was being birthed. Dove yep. was being birthed. Uh, Petra, you know, and the whole Hope on Network, that whole thing was being birthed, and many others, because they believed in the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Today, there's the, all these open doors, and you can plug into youth groups and work together in ways it would have been much harder 40 years ago. Right. So I honor the way you have honored leadership in the area, the way you built teams yeah. and, and and honored generations. And the blessing for me, I know one of the key leaders of YWAM came up to me one of the first nights at the rally and said, what's awesome about this is, yeah, many people work behind the scenes, but basically those who lead this are in their 20s. Yeah. And that was awesome, man. Incredible. Incredible. Yep. It was just incredible. I, we, we loved it. Aren't you guys also doing some things in high schools again? Because, you know, that high yes. school thing you talked about, yep. I mean, back 40 years ago, we went into high school we, the doors are open then yeah you see people kids come to christ in high schools and during the day it was amazing yeah and i know barry whistler from effort the community i remember others were doing that back in those days and now you're doing that again right yes so yeah there, there's a a ministry of ywam lancaster okay. called unrestricted okay because you know the their heart is the gospel's been restricted or kids have felt restricted sure, in schools sure. but we're saying we're taking the restrictions off and they're doing a school tour Goal is to hit us every high school in Lancaster County and bring in a, a basically a Jesus rally into a high school. So it's a Saturday night wow. in the gymnasium or in the you know auditorium awesome. and just get the students to invite all of their friends Beautiful. and then you know have testimonies, have words of knowledge, have healing, have gospel proclamation, and even baptism. I just love the way you all and we all can work together on these kind of things. Yeah. And whoever has the grace to lead the way. It leads the way in that, right? You know, which is a leadership principle. We, you know, there's not like a one man, two man, three woman leader. It's like we're all leading in our areas of strength yep. and honoring one another in that process. Now, you mentioned when you were 17. That's when your life was changed. Tell yep. me, tell me about that. Yeah, let's see. I mean, I grew up Christian, so yeah. it was ingrained in me, but I just wasn't living right. for the Lord, right? Um, and it was. The, the winter of 2010, 2011, sure. where the, uh, I read the book Crazy Love by Francis Chan. I love that book, yeah. And yeah, the, it was the chapter of the profile of the lukewarm that really got me. Yeah. Uh, where I suddenly had this like supernatural Holy Spirit revelation where it says that Jesus, you know, spit you out of your mouth if you're lukewarm. And I suddenly was like, oh, maybe I'm not okay. Because I was always like, I just, I said Jesus. You know, I said the prayer, all this stuff, right. so I'm going to heaven. But then I was like, that doesn't sound good. Jesus spitting you out of your mouth, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I should maybe make some differences. So I had this growing conviction. And uh, to make a long story short, I was planning on snowboarding as much as physically possible that year. It was a passion of mine. And the first day of snowboarding, 
the snowboards fell off the roof of my car, scattered across the highway. And as I was praying next to the car, I had a very clear thought come into my mind. I wasn't really familiar with hearing the Lord's voice, but a thought came to my mind. You need to give up snowboarding and follow me. Wow. And I thought, is that the Lord? And I was like, no, that couldn't be. As my, but then I was like, why would I think that? And it, it turns out my snowboard was totally fine. My, the, uh, my friend's snowboard was broken. The other one was missing. And I thought my snow would be the one that was missing as a confirmation that I was supposed to give up snowboarding. My snowboard was one that was fine. And another thought came into my head. I want you to give it up because you want to for me, not because you have to because you don't have a snowboard. Yeah. So anyway, I share that all to say I gave up snowboarding that winter and instead read through the Bible in 90 days. Wow. And I had never really read more than a Proverbs a day, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't understand what I was reading, but I knew that the principle, I mean, I know now the principle is that you're washed by the water of the word. You're that's sanctified. Right. That's right. That there's a, there's a seed of faith that's implanted in you as you set yourself to seek the Lord. So I did that for 90 days, got randomly invited to Gateway House of Prayer, so I would come into these meetings and just start crying, and I didn't know why. I was experiencing the presence of God. Wow. And then it was actually at the worship center at a youth group um, where they just said, hey, I had this random prompting that if anybody wants to get filled with the Holy Spirit, they should come up. I went up to the front just sobbing, got touched by the power of God. I mean, it was something I've never experienced. Thank God. And um, I walked out of that room and said, I'll never be the same. Wow. And I just knew that God was in that place. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit, got free from, you know, six years of addiction to pornography yeah. in that moment that I was wow. filled with the Holy Spirit. I got free of depression. I got mm. free of all of these Thank things you, and immediately filled with joy, immediately began to experience dreams in the night, you know, began to experience him speaking. And it was at that point where I said, man, I didn't realize that the kingdom of God was tangible that the Holy Spirit was available for us to have such an intimate relationship. And it wasn't just kind of a religion, a good moral way of living, mm -hmm. but that there was real power yeah. present yes. for our lives. And it was from then on that I, I didn't even know anything about being an evangelist. I didn't know anything about ministry. I didn't know anything about revival. Right. But I began to pray for revival because I wanted other people to experience what I experienced. Exactly. I was like, I grew up in the church. Nobody ever told me this stuff. Right. Or I'd maybe heard about it, but never experienced it. Right. I want every single person to experience what Amen. I experienced. Because it was so real and powerful. Awesome. So that's what I've lived my life that's doing ever awesome. since then. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to have you back. We're going to talk more about leadership, things you've learned. Talk about how they build teams, some of the things you've learned about that. And really dig into how you have learned to use the TikTok world, et cetera, et cetera to see the gospel go all over the world. I mean, I'm excited about that and how others can do the same thing if they, and yeah. if you just kind of help us open some doors on that. And for all of you listening today, check out the show notes, Joel Baumberger, how to get a hold of him and his ministry, things God's doing through him now and in the future. And Joel, so good to have you with us today. Yeah, Thank you, thanks. Man. thanks for having me. This is a great conversation. And we'll have you right back. Great. The next podcast and next week will be Joel Baumberger talking about all these other things God has done in and through you. Thanks for joining me yep. for the podcast. Yes, absolutely. We're glad that you all joined us from around the world on the Larry Credit Leadership Podcast, where we learn these small things that we can change to make a major difference in our lives and the lives of those we serve in leadership. God bless you, and check out the show notes, Joel Bumberger, all God's doing through him, and we'll see you back here next week. God bless. 
Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.